0: Hey, good to see you again. Good to talk to you again. Welcome back to another five tool podcast episode. This is episode 52. I am Dustin McComas, joined once again by Drew Bishop and I apologize in advance for how I sound. Um, I think it's a sinus infection. The doctor didn't think so. She saw it was perhaps the possibility of a future sinus infection, but whatever it is, I'm really stuffed up uh got some medicine uh you know as bad as i sound today i i sounded much much worse yesterday and even worse um the day before um if you listen to the previous episode you're probably like oh you just sound like you you just went nuts in las vegas um no believe it or not like going for a fantasy baseball draft and kind of um which turns into kind of like a convention and mingling with a bunch of people that are out there um not the most insane las vegas trip um so uh just I guess allergies and congestion, everything else. And Drew, I know you're battling stuff and uh, uh, we've, I've, I felt old this week. Um, I felt Mm -hmm. old, um, you know, stuffed up and just tired and everything else. But, but how are you doing? Are you hanging in there?
1: Yeah, no, I just felt like everything hit me all at once at the end of last week and just kind of tried to power through it and not knowing what was going on, but (laughs) Here we are. Yeah, we, we made it to made it to Tuesday. So baseball it is. I'm curious to hear. So obviously I love Las Vegas and I know you were there for several days, but for a draft. Um, I looked at your team and I like your team based on how you play, but it is interesting to see like how different the strategy is when you're talking about a roto league versus points um i saw yeah. like in the, there's like a closer went second round to somebody yeah i yeah. know like that's that's so, definitely normal or not me, normal
0: for a points league no definitely head-to-head. not so let me see if i can actually share this um here we go so if if you're if you're watching on Uh, youtube you can actually see this this lineup so we'll we'll get into it i mean we'll drew saw a bunch of games and unfortunately i didn't see any games and we are gonna plan on doing one wednesday after i saw a game and drew saw another game but i might have some family stuff down in houston some some grandparents in the hospital might have to go hang out there so uh we'll, we'll get to my my team so yeah you mentioned the closer deal because there are so many closers by committees now, because in, in mm-hmm. Roto, you get your basic stats. You get your right. five by five. So for pitchers, right. it would be wins, saves, strikeouts, ERA, and whips. So saves is a is a category. And because yeah. there are so many closers by committee now, and because there are, so, there are so few top closers, you're seeing in these Roto leagues, a lot of these guys push up the Josh Haders, the Liam Hendricks. And uh, for me, it was Rossel Iglesias in the third round. Uh, Emmanuel Clase, Ryan Presley, um, Edwin Diaz. And then there's kind of a drop off a little bit, maybe Kenley Jansen's kind of in that next range. But then after that, you're, you know, your Jordan Romano's and stuff like that, there's a huge drop. So um, people have been I'm pushing up those closers because you just, you don't know where else you're going to get your saves. Um, you know, in, in leagues like this, there's, there's free agent ads. So there's always going to be closers that kind of pop up throughout the year, but you know if you add a let's use an example of like last year a kyle finnegan or a daniel bard like they might get you saves but they might also kill your ratios you know because those guys just aren't very good pitchers so that's kind of part of the strategy of it is you got to go into the draft thinking where am i going to get my saves am i going to pay up for a closer am i not going to pay up for a closer so um i i was pretty pleased with my draft um it, and once I started studying it a little bit more, I made two big missteps that I, I was a little bit mad at myself about, but um, I went into the draft knowing I was going to pick seventh. Um, I said that I was either going to take Corbin Burns or go with a bat, that Vladimir Guerrero, Jr. Bryce Harper. I ended up going with Burns because in these drafts, starting pitching really <coughs> pushed, pushed up, which worked well in hindsight because the second round was just filled with pitchers that flew off the board. So I went Burns in the first and I knew I wanted Tim Anderson in the second round because I'm a big believer in getting batting average. Because if you get a good batting average base later in the year when you're chasing stats, let's say, for me, it's going to be home run and RBI. I'm a little light there. Like, you can go get a guy that hits 230 or 240 off the waiver wire that hits for power because you've got a good batting average base. So you can kind of take that Mm -hmm. hit. Um, So I went Tim Anderson in the second, Rossi Iglesias in the third, um, came back in the fourth, with Nick Castellanos, who I was surprised was still there for me. I mean, he's going to hit cleanup for the Phillies in that in that park. Um, I think that that oh yeah,
1: you were the one that retweeted it the the spring training game where they were talking yes. about the Blue Jays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: They're, re- they're they're reading the Pete Walker DUI apology during the um, the <laughs> Phillies Blue Jays. Spring training game. Pete Walker is the uh, the pitching coach for the Blue Jays, and I guess he um, was uh, picked up for suspicion of DUI in, in spring training. So they're they're reading his apology on air in the first inning, and Nick Castellanos hits a homer. Which if you if you don't somehow don't know the meme or the running joke about Nick Castellanos, he hit a he hit a homer during the Reds. Um, TV play-by-play guy, the name escapes me right now, was reading his apology on air for saying something very, you know, over the line in a recent game. And then he ended it by saying, and, and now Nick Castellanos hits a drive, it's now 4 nothing." And, like, everybody just kind of turned that to a running meme <laughs> on the internet. So, of course, Nick Castellanos goes deep while they're reading a DUI apology on air. I mean, the guy just hasn't – I mean, it's just impeccable timing and, and just these funny coincidence, coincidences – um but i went actually no excuse me i went max freed in the fourth round um wanted to get another starting pitcher there i really really am high on him i think he's gonna throw a lot of innings gonna get a lot of wins plays for a really good team i think there's a there's a next step up there for him castellanos after that which was i i think a great value there um and then jonathan india after that i knew i wanted a second baseman shortstop Um, That could run a little bit. He's going to hit the top of that lineup in Cincinnati. I think he's a 20 homer, 10, 15 steel kind of guy. And then just going down the list, you kind of just piece it together as the draft kind of comes to you. J.D. Martinez um, fell to me. I I knew I wanted him. That's a good batting average base with with homers and powers. Needed some steals. Got Trent Grisham. Um, I think that he might be a 20 steel guy, maybe 15, 20 homers. Um, go down the list there I went heavy third base because it's it's a weak position I got key Brian Hayes and Justin Turner back to back I think both those guys can hit for a high average Turner I mean is going to hit in a good spot in in the best lineup in baseball Um, so just I'm not going to read the whole draft but I I think it went pretty well Uh, the the one area I screwed up was was was, um, I I didn't invest enough pitching late that's where it kind of got me
1: so what was your favorite pick like the one you're most excited about like couldn't believe it fell to you or just Cat, getting, really... Castellanos,
0: getting Castellanos getting in the 5th round um yeah. you know this is a 15 team league so you you know and I picked 7th so um you're talking about I think that was pick 72 I think yeah. I mean that's, that's that's really good value I mean great hitters park great lineup um, he's got a track record of success and a track record of staying healthy. Um, I mean that that to me, like I was, I was surprised he was there. Um, I would have definitely taken another starting pitching there pitcher there if he wasn't there. Um, but I, I was I was pretty surprised with him And Jesus Sanchez, who I got really late, I think in like after pick two fifty. Um, I think he might, he's going to hit 35 homers, maybe more for the Marlins. Um, I mean, he hit 14 and like 250 at bats last year. Uh, Prospect pedigree going to hit in the middle of that lineup. Um, I really needed some power. Um, So I I thought Lord Escorial was a good value where I got him too. But in hindsight, I should have taken Framiel Reyes to get more homers. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. You get in there and it's kind of like, you know, they do like hall of fame inductions before the draft and you start looking around the room and all these guys, I mean, it's like the top 1% of fantasy baseball players playing this thing. I am obviously not in that percentile yet, but they'll, they'll let you in if you're willing to go and do it. Um, but it's just, it's, it's slightly intimidating because uh, you see how well these guys have done in the past and stuff like that. But uh, certainly a lot of fun, um, you know, had the March madness stuff going on as well. Um the co- we'll talk about food I mean the Cosmo I was I was texting you like the food options they have in there now I ate at the David Chang who's a really famous um chef and, and restaurateur or however you say that word in in New York Mama Fuku was is the really well-known one he kind of had a little spin-off uh called Bang Bang which is kind of like a str- upscale street food type thing and I had a Spicy pork wrap from there and it was f- phenomenal. Ate at a burger place called Holstein's in there, which is really, really good. But um overall, I mean, successful yeah. trip, super fun. Um, came back. I mean, I started getting stuffy before I left there, and I was like, Oh no, I think Jack got me passed something <laughs> from daycare to me. And by the time I like I called my I called Liz, my wife, Saturday morning, I I couldn't talk. Um, she goes, What happened to you? I was like, I was just talking a lot. I've been so stuffed up that I don't even have a voice anymore. So um that's the team that's that that was the vegas trip a lot of fun um hopefully i drafted a winner we'll see i got a pretty good balance uh, got some guys late i like like nick Sanzel, willie calhoun um, kind of some post-hype guys that have a chance to kind of break out um especially senzel now that he's healthy in cincinnati but uh let's get to the high school baseball because you you saw a, a bunch of stuff um yeah. what were kind of some of your main takeaways from the last few days
1: so I on Friday I went and saw John Paul II and Preston Wood, um, and uh, obviously quite a few guys from our five tool fifty five on there in that game, um, and then some young guys that are all, that aren't on any list right now just because we don't go that low. Um, but I got to see uh, young Min So uh, got the start for uh, for John Paul II, um, and the stuff was there. Um, you know, he kind of had some bad luck, some infield hits, some kind of, you know, quote, unquote, cheap hits, some, a couple walks, and then he gave up a couple hard hit balls. He didn't make it through two, or he made it through two innings, and then he was done. But the stuff flashed, Um, you know, like, a, a in, in a big game, a big emotional game like that, I think just ultimately what happened is things got sped up on him, and yeah. some of the bad luck got to him, and um, you know, he, he started trying to throw some, uh, you know, he was trying to throw strikeout pitches on or strikeout breaking balls on one Oh, um, you know, it just kind of got away from him uh, a little bit. And, but like I said, the stuff was there. Um, everything that we've seen before showed up, it just, just wasn't his best outing and that's okay. I mean, that's not unheard of for a freshman in a big, um, emotional game. And, and that's what happened. And, you know, for him, the challenge is going to be just go up and, you know, get better and understand what happened and move on because that's all you can do if you want to, if you want to improve. But, you know, again, like, like I said, the stuff was there, Um, really good breaking ball fastball, had a lot of movement on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think that's probably, you know, kind of what he got away from was just really throwing the fastball a lot. And, um, you know, and his breaking stuff is so good that a lot of times it just wasn't for a strike. And the, I think the Preston Wood guys figured that out and just kind of laid off of some of these plus breaking balls um, and waited for something to hit or ended up going deep in the count and walking. So, um, you know, that's what happened for him. And, you know, but a credit to the Prestonwood guys because they, they realized it. They hit some balls hard. Um, you know, they have a good lineup. Trenton Shaw hit the ball hard. He cruised through four or five innings on the first four or five innings on the mound um, just attacked and, uh, you know, before he got into trouble and maybe I think the fifth is when they first, either the fourth or the fifth was the first hit that they got. Um, but, uh, I mean, really a lot of athleticism in the game. Um, AJ DePaulo, um, had a good game for Prestonwood. Uh, the catch and throw is there for sure. I mean, it's just loud tools, um, hit a couple balls hard, um moves well behind the plate throws well I mean it's a it's a rocket arm it's as it, it, it's as advertised so you you see real easily why Vanderbilt came in to get that commitment um you know and the exciting thing for him is that there's still a lot of room to get better um and and Trenton Shaw's not a tough is a tough guy to catch so you know that that was impressive for him um you know it, when I say that about Trenton. I mean his stuff just moves so much. It's not yeah. nothing straight's come out of uh it's coming out of his hand, and it's a big intimidating physical presence coming at you. Um, and he he was impressive. He hit he hit several balls hard. Um, Justin Blancfort hit a triple that was smoked uh for JP2. Um Bottom of the, the bottom of the lineup, interestingly enough, was what really started to get to Trenton Shaw. Like, I, you know, seven hole Jacob Paulson had, let's see, two hits and a hit by pitch. Um, i don't have the first name, but Winnegar had eight hole, had two hits. Uh, nine hole Mason Candy had three hits. Um, so it was funny. I think they just, you know, I think they just tried to, weren't trying to do anything too difficult and just put the ball in play and they, they found some holes, but both teams are, are loaded. There's a lot of athletes on both sides. Um, Derek Mitchell got down the line under four, four, uh, Terrace Murray was under four, four, a couple of times on ground balls. Um, I'm curious to see, uh, Louis Broussard. Um, he, he pitched in the Tuesday game, but I want to see him on the mound. Um, but yeah, there's just a, a lot of really good baseball players. And the game got interesting late. Um, Preston Wood jumped out to an 8-0 lead after two innings. And credit to JP2. They just kept battling and kept coming. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, it was a game. And there were some tense moments late. Um, yeah, I think JP2 had bases loaded and, or, and uh Trent and Shaw ended up getting out of it. But it was a heated game. Like you can tell that there's some some emotion there and – a lot of good players so that was that was a fun game to see and then saturday i went to see guyer play um uh argyle over at, okay. over at guyer and again some good young players you know one of our favorites jc davis yeah um, you know poor poor jc i think we figured out like every time i have the, i have the camera on You know, it just, it's not his thing. As soon as I turn it off, he's like extra base hit or really good play (laughs) or whatever. So I told him I'm just going to stop filming him, but just I'll never stop loving watching that guy play, you know, heads in the game, just high baseball IQ plays hundred miles an hour all the time. You can tell he's, you know, even if he went over four with four strikeouts, he's going to find a way to contribute to, to a winning, you know, winning team just because he's in the game and, Coaching guys, moving guys around, knows what the score is. Always looking for uh, for extra outs when he's on defense. Um, Park Prater, another good game. He had some really good contact. Ended up uh, hit a hit a home run that you know didn't end it, but you know probably put the game out of reach and extra innings. They ended up pl- going really deep into the game, and then he came back and got the final outs in the last inning um, on the mound. But really impressive outing by him. Just really good contact. Uh, Hits some some balls hard against 2024 uh, right-hitting pitcher from Geyer, Jack Hickerson, who is, as advertised, there's some really good stuff coming out of his hand. Um, It's a little different, a little funky, uh, but in a good way. You know, it's just not a – it's not a conventional look if you're hitting. Um, Mm -hmm. Doesn't throw exactly like this guy, but I'm sure you remember – you remember Eddie Deggerman from Rice?
0: Yeah, yeah
1: yeah so kind of like him it's it's just a little bit unorthodox but it works and it's it nothing alarming when you see it you know Mm -hmm. i don't think it's like an injury risk type thing but it's different which you know is good i know a lot of college programs really like to get a guy like that it's just a different look Mm -hmm. um and he flashed a couple good pitches um Argyle started another 2024 Hudson Emetrio or Emetrio, but he was, uh, he was impressive because he was up to 89 from the right side. Wow. Um, good body and spun some good breaking balls. And what I liked the most is he, he threw a couple right on right change-ups that got some ugly swing and miss. Hmm. Um, they were, it, it was really impressive. You know, he gave, I think, you know, at one point he'd given up a couple of runs, but he'd only given up a hit. He gave up an 0-2 hit to let Texas commit Lane Allen. I think he just hung a breaking ball and Lane hit it in the gap. But, man, like, he he had a good outing. Like, you could tell they weren't squaring him up very well. Um, and I, I know he's had some interest from some D1 schools, but it was exciting to get out, to see him throw um, basketball to both sides of the plate. Um, and it's not straight. There's definitely some, some run to it, but – um, so it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see him play more this summer, but those are two good teams. Like Argyle had every, had every chance to just kind of give up and lay down. And uh, Geyer was coming off of an emotional loss the day before after splitting, you know, that sounds like they had a lead on prosper and gave up a walk-off grand slam to, oh, you know, that's the, tough. to a freshman. Yeah. Freshman Luke Billings again. Oh, uh, of course. Having, having a good year. Uh, uh, He's got a right. chance. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, so Geyer, you know, Geyer beat Prosper pretty good early in the week and then, you know, had a lead on Friday and lost. And then, you know, I I think they were experimenting with some lineup stuff. So, not all their everyday guys in the lineup on Saturday. Um, But, man, you can tell, I mean, different levels, uh, different classifications, but both teams are going to have a chance to go pretty deep. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Geyer's physical um, outfielder, Parham uh coach's son who he's going to have a chance to play at the next level i was he, he has some good at bats um you know like i said physical teams that 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 you know i i, I would guess mo- both teams would would say that it was a little bit sloppy at times and there was some there were some strange strange calls from the umpires and it it was just one of those games where it, like started out okay umpiring wise and then it just kind of got away from them and then they yeah. were trying to like it it felt like they were trying to keep track of like how many makeup calls they needed to make for each team and so that was just like they'd have to they'd call something that was outrageous and one side's going crazy and then they're like ah that was a little bit <laughs> too much so i gotta correct back the other way and you know but credit to argyle man they they stayed in there and battled and uh, colton rockmore hit hit a couple balls hard he was impressive um so I, I really like both teams and both teams have some guys that are gonna ch- be be able to play d1 for sure and both teams i think have a chance to do something in the playoffs i mean there's there's i mean you you look at Argyle that have both 2024s uh Amitrio and um and park prater um they they're gonna have a chance to, you know i mean that's a tough one two punch and yeah. I know that they have some other arms too. Um, some guys i haven't seen probably but uh i was impressed two two good games two uh back and forth games um you know and a lot of them it's just kind of a theme that we've seen if you can limit mistakes and free passes mm-hmm. you have a much better chance of winning and that yeah. and that extends up to the d1 level too you see that a lot i mean the only team in d1 baseball right now that doesn't seem to be on a roller coaster is tennessee and you know it's it's tough, you know, like, so, I mean, everybody, at Steams is just, there's not a whole lot of complete rosters, you know, Texas took a, took a hit with Tanner Witt going down and, you know, I I still don't think they've had a total chance to reset and recover. And, and they're still in the process of moving some guys around in the pin, And, you know, it's, it's just kind of part of it. There's, there's not that many teams that are, you know, complete really is what we're yeah. saying. And, and a lot of them, you know, if, If you look at it, I I would imagine. I mean, this is a duh statement, but if you can play clean baseball and not make mistakes, like you're gonna win. I mean, it's it's just kind of the bottom line right now. And those those mistakes tend to, at least in a lot of the games that I've seen, tend to be what is the difference in the game, mistakes and and walks and.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Tennessee. I mean, what was Tennessee's issue at Minimade was. They and when they played Texas, they had one big play where they didn't get their outs on time. Like that's 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 so much of the games at the high school level and the, in the big time college level is get your outs on time, throw quality strikes. I mean, if you do that, you're gonna have a big advantage. And I like that now we're getting into these district games everywhere, um, where there's kind of as you mentioned with the games you saw this previous week, the heightened intensity and things like that. You you can see who's whose mental clock is working with that. Um, and also, too, like, who understands situations, what's going on, you know, the ability to consistently make plays, to get outs on time, to, to be in the right spot at the right time. Like, that stuff gets heightened um, as you get into district play, and especially as the emotion and the intensity gets ratcheted up in those games. Oftentimes, it's, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just one thing. Like, you know, the Tristan Russell three-run homer I saw last week, um, was the product of Bridgeland not getting all their outs on time, so the inning gets extended for that guy, and then he gets into a two-two or a three-two count. He gets a fastball, and he hits a three-run homer, and it blows the game open. Like right. that's that's what happens in these district games, oftentimes. That's what happens at the big D one level as well. Is um, you know we watch Texas so much. Look at Texas bullpen not getting their outs on time in that Texas Tech series. Um, and yeah, it was
1: it, it was funny. I, I went back and looked there was in three games with all of those runs scored, there was one error total. Yeah. And that was probably the difference in the Friday night game. Um, It was play that they did like they had infield in, hit a ball to hit a ball to first and didn't get in. wasn't a clean throw to the plate and they scored a run and then eventually later the inning um, stole home for the win. Um, So, you know, it's, it, it is, but you know, I'm, you can ask anyone on the Texas side, like they, they didn't, the bullpen didn't get outs on time, didn't yeah. throw strikes and a lot a lot of free runners on. I mean, Texas out hit Texas tech pretty significantly over the yeah. weekend, but you know, that's, you know, winning baseball. Isn't what happened, you know, late in the game for Texas. And, but the good thing is those are things that are all fixable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just, it's not a, but you know, like you said at the lower level, uh, the game gets sped up, and like I said, like we started with, that's kind of what happened to Minj. It just kind of got away from him, you know. And it, it it's funny because it you can see it coming, like you can feel it in the stands a lot, a lot of times when it's happening. But man, when you're out on the mound, it's a it's a lonely feeling. And you oh lose, yeah, the game speeds up. You know, you you lose your fundamentals, and you don't you know trust all the work that you've done. And you look up, and you're down, or yeah. you know you've you've thrown a couple pitches that you wish you had back. And then you, you're in a spot where you have to come in there and they're waiting for it. So. Yeah.
0: And that's the value of, of getting in those situations consistently and, and being in those competitive environments and, and understanding, you know, how to handle all that and what matters and, and, you know, what can can separate teams and tight games and all that sort of stuff is, is making sure you're, you know, you're, you're not just, you know, when you're out of the high school season or even when you're in the high school season before district playing stuff like that, like understand, like there's, you know, you've got to, you've got to keep improving your skill, the, the mental, ex- the mental side and the experience and playing in those competitive environments so that um as you keep going up and as you keep playing those games, those sorts of things become more normal and stuff like that, because it's, yeah, it's often the separator is, can you get your outs on time? And, and do you have guys that can throw quality strikes? Cause um, if you don't do one of those two things, and especially if you don't do both of them, um, chances <laughs> are you're gonna you're gonna lose the game um, at the high school level and at the major D one level, and then you get to the pro level. I mean, those guys almost always get start get their outs on time. I mean, it's like a rare deal when when you see those guys make errors and stuff like that, and uh, uh, just being able to play the game and, and stuff like that. But no, uh, that's what that's what's fun about this time of the year and, you know, the energy and the intensity that gets ratcheted up in these games. And you can kind of see, you know, what teams and what players are able to separate themselves and, and handle that sort of an environment. Um, and oftentimes it's the older guys, you know, the older guys have been there and done it and that sort of thing. But it makes even those, I feel like the last few podcasts, we've been mentioning a lot of 2024 guys. Like it makes those guys even more, even more noteworthy because it's like, Whoa, okay. They're, they're, they're performing, at a level and they're at a mental level in these competitive environments that that rival those older players and it's causing them to stand out with those guys.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Like those, the kind of cream is rising to the top. Those top 24s are starting to make some really big impressions across the board um, at, at, at all levels from small schools, all the way up to some six A schools and guys that we've seen, like they they're starting to show up and, and it's going to be fun to watch some of these guys and follow them this summer. Now that we're getting a handle on who the, who the big time guys are. Cause there's, I mean, we've seen probably close to double digit 24s that are going to be, you know, heavily involved in the five school 55, whenever we put out that list.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the good, the, probably one of the best parts about getting out to all these games is, is, you know, seeing those. Cause if you're a 24 and you're starting on varsity and, and especially a lot of these programs that we go and watch, Uh, It means your chance you've got a chance to be a really good player Um, because you know there's a lot of these programs that have a bunch of veterans that have played and stuff and coaches you know often lean to those guys because they know what they're going to get from them they've they've seen them in that environment before and things like that like I'm thinking of programs like you know I watched like Travis a couple times and they just have so many guys that they've got guys in their bench that could go start at a bunch of places but you know it just just goes to show that if you're if you're a sophomore or even a junior at a lot of these places, and you're playing a pivotal role um, at the varsity level, it's it's really good information, especially for us. And as we get into the summer, it's like, okay, I remember watching this guy, you know, really standing out at the varsity level for a really good program. Because um, you know, in the summer, it's a little bit different. You're kind of guaranteed at batch and in innings and that sort of thing. But um, no, it's it's been great to go around. Well, We'll have to go back through all these notes and like just all right twenty mention this twenty four mention this yep. twenty four mention this twenty four and kind of go down the list and and before I eventually put that that five to fifty five list together. But um, no, it's it's been a it's been good to go out there and, and get a look at all these guys and uh, hopefully more this week. Um, I'm planning on going to the Houston area at least once um, and get maximized some eyes on some guys as we continue to kind of knock out um a lot a lot of really good matchups i was looking at their our s2 cognition in, in five tool uh list on twitter five tool texas like hey vote for the the s2 cognition game of the week and it's like you look at some of those matchups so it's like dang we talk about having yeah. fomo because we, we can't be at all of them uh yeah. you try to pick the best one that you can and, and, and hope you pick the right one on that night but Uh, definitely a lot of good matchups around, around the state, um, you know, this week, but do you know where you're going to be later this week? Or have you decided or.
1: Yeah, uh, I think so. So Jared Thomas has not uh, been able to play the last couple of weeks and he got cleared to pitch and play defense yesterday. Okay. Um. So I think I'm gonna go see him pitch. I haven't seen him pitch in a while, so I'm gonna see him pitch against Tavion Bonds on Friday. Oh, nice. Um. So a little Texas OU showdown. Yeah. The week of Texas OU. Um. Uh, but gonna be out of town Saturday and Sunday, so won't get to actually see Texas OU playing here up at Globe Life. Um and then i think tonight i'm going to go see 2023 55 guy cooper stron fresh off of a Texas yeah fresh A&M off the A&M commitment. A&M
0: commitment yeah yeah i know he was uh yeah. talking to him a, probably a month or two ago and he had a lot of options he was weighing and um i liked it because he was you know he was taking his time with it you know he yeah. wasn't he wasn't jumping into it but
1: well i um, mean can it can it be more perfect than a kid from farmersville going to right A&M? yeah
0: the fighting farmers this mean, makes it kinda, just it makes it's sense meant, it's kind of meant to be you know like yeah. that just it just seems like a perfect match but uh yeah really good pickup for texas a&m um yep. big physical kid throws hard I um, mean when the changeup's right, it's it can be really, really good. But he's he's certainly got a chance. And we and we know when AM and, and Nate Yeski and those guys go get an arm. Um, usually means that he's that arm's probably one of the better ones um in the state. So um yeah, I think that I'm probably gonna get to Summer Creek and Atasca um at least yeah. once this week. You know, it's I I yeah. you know at first I was kind of like looking at all these schedules and I was like, man, it's kind of weird that they the, the the matchups there's two matchups in the week but i like it because i like, do too. you by the end of the week these teams kind of know each other so well and they're they're kind of playing off that earlier week result like there's a lot more added intensity to it like a lot more back and forth like um i i'd love it i'm, I'm glad that they do it that way it kind of gets that um weekend series vibe kind of feel or by the time you get to the end of a weekend, oh so- yeah and,
1: like, and you don't have to. There's no. There's no worrying about pitch pitching manipulation. Yeah. You no, know, you're gonna. Yeah. You're gonna see both. Both yeah. teams one and two. And, um, yeah, you're not saving anything. I mean, right. I, It just. It, it's a. It's a good setup. I wish they would have done that because like, it felt like when I was in high school, we were get like our district. We had McKinney, Allen, all the Plano schools. And the two Richardson schools or three Richardson schools, I should say, considering Lake Highlands as one of those, mm-hmm. but every one of them, my junior year had a D one guy, yeah. every one of them. And it felt like, you know, people shifted their pitching schedules to make sure that that guy faced us. So that's, we were facing a D one guy Tuesday, Friday, every week. Yeah. And Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we, we had a, I mean, one of them was Adam Miller, who's a first rounder. Brad Furnish, who went to Nebraska, and then ultimately finished at TCU, I think. Um, I mean, it was just, it was a loaded, loaded pitching district my junior year. And uh, let's see, uh, I'm trying to think who had Plano East had and um, something or not, but yeah, it was, it was not pleasant. But this avoids that, and it makes all the sense in the world. It gives you yeah. a better picture of who the better better teams are by the time district finishes up, I think.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, I like it. Yeah. None of this. Okay. We're going to, we'll throw you on Tuesday this week and Friday next week and this and that. And, and plus it, yeah, I mean, that's a good point because it keeps pitchers on normal schedules too. Like you're not jacking around these guys rest and everything like that. And and as you're trying to, to gear up to try to win as, as many games as you can in the district play impossible, but yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, I feel like this is kind of the, the big you know, late March and throughout April was just like the, the best month um, for Texas high school baseball because it's just okay. Co- coaches know who their dudes are. They got their lineups. For the most part, they've got their pitching. The district plays really heating up across. And then as we get into April, you know, those playoff pushes will happen and things like that. But, um, you know, some surprising results already around the state. I know that, you know, we had some people at Keller South Southlake um, – South Lake Carroll. And, um, you know, that was obviously a very charged environment, um, and things like that. So, um, it'd be fun to follow all these races throughout the season, but, um, did you watch any March madness this weekend? A little bit. Um, what do you think? I've, I wish they
1: could, I, I mean, obviously you would, I wish that somehow they could, could have figured a way for it to be Duke in North Carolina, potentially for the championship. Yeah. Coach K going out.
0: Um, Yeah. It's pretty wild that they've, they've never met in the NCAA tournament.
1: That is crazy. But this is like the most, the most cliche final four in a long time. I mean, the only thing that could have made it more so is if you replaced, I know it wouldn't have worked out this way, but if you could have replaced Kentucky or replaced Villanova with Kentucky, but I mean, shoot Villanova's, you know they're climbing their way into that you know perennial mix right now themselves yeah um but you know i i didn't watch a whole lot this weekend i watched more last weekend um but yeah i just it sounds like hallways going to seton hall and that was released like less than like 10 minutes after yeah That's, that was i
0: hate that i hate that but that was that like, was good done for him. before him the tournament yeah yeah he played there and stuff but yeah it's really weird that like okay this
1: like let them get home you know
0: yeah this program has its most magical run ever and it's like okay i'm leaving like um you know before they can even really get back home off the plane and stuff like that that'll kind of that takes away some of the enthusiasm and celebration of that season and stuff like that but uh yeah it's it's uh it's a it's a blue blood final four um who do you who do you think
1: who do you think wins
0: I mean, I'm a North Carolina guy. I feel like growing up, you almost have to pick which one. You yeah, same. You, I, um, I
1: always favored North Carolina.
0: But I think the fact that they went in there and beat Duke in Coach K's last home game at Duke, like Duke's going to come out trying to, like, send a message. I, I just – I don't see North Carolina winning that game as much as it pains me to say it. Um, you know, just they've got a lot of – a lot of reasons to be really ratcheted up for that for that game um and then with the Justin Moore loss at Villanova like I mean Villanova was using basically a six-man rotation now you take away arguably their best player I think Kansas will be too much of them it'll be Kansas Duke in the final and it would be tough to pitch pick against Duke in that scenario which kind of makes me cringe thinking K could go out as a winner in his in his last season but um they're playing really well. Uh, they're playing really well. Those games this week weren't weren't as competitive as as I hoped. Um, but you know, sh- it should be a really exciting final. Four. Where is the final? Four? Oh, it's New Orleans. Yeah. Um, so, and I guess the, do they do that? The, they do that in the Superdome. I hate that they do it in football too, I know. Like, I know. It, It's just the backdrop. It doesn't feel right. Well, it, yeah. It, it's, it's
1: yeah there's it just it. It takes. It, there's some adjustment. I, I I agree. Don't like it. Yeah. Whatever. So don't ask me.
0: Yeah. Exciting, exciting month for sports. Um, this springtime here as it starts to to warm up. I know it's getting warming down here. Although it's starting to get cool again today, which isn't helping me. My I, I've got my I've hours. got my
1: my big fantasy draft starting Friday. From-
0: oh nice All right. we do a
1: slow draft slow we draft. Do a slow draft
0: i kind of like I, i've done some slow drafts this year i kind of like it um as long as you don't have people in your leagues that are just stalling to wait and see if news happens because we still yeah, are at is. that point where it's like there we could be some wiggle rooms with rosters or injuries or perhaps a trade here and there um, well, the slow
1: dra- the slow drafts it's good for like people with kids
0: and different job schedules and we have people
1: in in different parts of the country like us like
0: we drive a lot so you kind of are are away from your your computer and stuff
1: there's one guy in our league that we you get stuck at every time like we have a meme that gets passed around all during draft season so what what
0: kind of clock are y'all working with do what? Is, it just like, is it like the honor code clock, or do you all actually have a clock? You have or? 24 hours. Have oh, 24. 24 hours. Hours. Oh, 24. Sheesh. You guys might not yeah, finish it, before the time this season starts. Well,
1: my well itself, it's a keeper league,
0: right? So there's not that many players it's a couple, drafted. It, okay, it is so a it's keeper a, league. Yeah, so. it's not a big long yeah. draft. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's – I have always been the um, – the record setter for like quickest pick. Cause I'm the guy that's <laughs> yeah. like, how, You're ready. I'm hounding. And so the, the guy that takes forever to pick, like not only one person in our league, like really knows him. Uh-huh. And like, he's the manager, of like a home Depot. So he's just like away from his phone. And then he's got little, uh, at least one little kid, but so he's just away from his phone a lot. Mm-hmm. And like, he doesn't know us. So it doesn't bother him to like, have all of us blowing up his phone because I don't even know if all of us have his phone number, but there's one guy we're like, come on, Rod, like get it, get in Hedges, get him to pick. Let's go. Like we're like, we're ready. Like everyone's like, and then there's some people that go to sleep early myself included. So like they know that if it like gets past a certain time, they're like, well, we're done for the night. So everyone can like go to sleep. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Don't, don't be the guy that takes the full clock on, on the slow draft, but good luck with that. Um, you know where you know to, where where to reach me if you need any uh, need me assistance, but
1: those not points that I will because hey, I got blown up by guys. Yeah, in the league well, that, you, you, you
0: call it out, called out my five tool draft strategy. It's like, well, you're kind of seeking me out for some help with your keepers and stuff like that. So this is um, it's a whole
1: different ball game. We're talking high school kids versus pro guys. Yeah. Why would I, why would I not consult an expert? We've got one guy in our league that is like this guy just does takes everything to the max. Like he is, he's a lawyer by trade. Okay. Okay. And he, we have a, a commissioner and an assistant commissioner and those two guys like leading up to the draft, take a beating from him on like rule proposals. Yeah. And like, it's, he's, he's got, it's gotten to the point, like this guy does so much research. like, he can't do anything like not 150%. Like he just can't. It's not in his in his DNA. And like it gets to where like every time he proposes a rule change or or update or something we're like wait a minute like what what's he up to? Like yeah. He this is something that he's trying to exploit and it's just like but the the commissioner and assistant commissioner just get bombarded by rule proposals at this time of the year by him. So it's uh, it's that season, so it's almost like we need to get started just so we can stop hearing these rule proposals. Yeah,
0: yeah. and so we can finish before the games begin. Yeah, yeah, make, yeah. That's make, that's make a big crunch time before. Too. That's what that's uh, a yeah. a week from Thursday, I think is is opening day. So that'll yeah. be uh, that'll give us even even more baseball to watch. Um, yeah, you know, in between um, high school games and. <laughs> playoff run district play and all that sort of stuff. But well, that's a good place to stop wrap up episode 52 of the five tool baseball podcast. Drew and I will be at games um, throughout this week. And hopefully the next time we talk to you, I will sound better um, and not as stuffed up in Miserable sounding. Um, Fortunately, feel a lot better today than I did yesterday, and definitely the day before that. But uh, thanks for dealing with that and hanging in there with us, and uh, you know, entertaining me as I discussed my nerdy fantasy baseball draft in my time um, in Las Vegas. Make sure you're following the Five Tool Baseball Podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, the Five Tool website. We've got a mint little tab there uh, for the podcast, and to make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube page as well, where we post these videos. And also a lot of video highlights throughout all the great, the great games and the great video work all our guys are doing um, as they're going out and checking all of these top players around the state. So get there and check that out as well. But uh, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And until we talk to you all next time, take care.